Hey, we at Southern Fried Philosophy want to say thank you to our sponsors of this episode. Thank you to Watchman Cigars, 1812 Barbecue, Webmarize Website Design, and Bad Mother Smokers. Without you, this episode wouldn't happen. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the ERI studio right here in beautiful, historic Concord, North Carolina. I be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always. But before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right. I am talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina. But most of you probably know him best as the Silver Tongue one, 2016's honorable mention Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one. It's Mojo. Hey man, it's, it's good to have you back, buddy. Hey man, oh, I missed you. Yeah, yeah. We uh we obviously didn't have you last week, so me and Brian struggled through the show. Yeah. No, you did great. <laughs> I was so proud it's, of it's you. It's a different. It's a different flavor. It was like I was watching my two little boys. You know, uh, playing playing high school football. And I was like, oh, I'm so proud of him. Ooh, he that's just awful got sweet, That's awful sweet of you. So <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we didn't scare any listeners away. So we, we had a little bit of unleashed. But anyway, hey, thanks. We appreciate you guys tuning in as always. If you can, go to the uh, Southern Fried website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. Also, our Facebook page at Southern Fried Philosophy. Go to, uh, yeah, SFP Radio on the Twitters. Uh, Instagram, and you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SFP radio. Most importantly, wherever you listen to your podcast at, just hit the subscribe button. That's all you got to do. I dare you. Do a review. uh, Give us a like. Share your favorite episodes. We really appreciate all the new listeners that we got coming through. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't kept track. In fact, on this new, uh, our new podcast aggregate i'm not even sure how to even find where they're at but i think if i were to go back and look we are the number one podcast in concord north carolina hey that's pretty big we're I'm, big in concord i'm just making that up but it could be you know what 97 yeah. percent of stats are made up on the fly anyway so that's all right <laughs> but hey we appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, yeah just check us out on there like i said most important just get that podcast go do it go there just subscribe um, but yeah, we, we appreciate, man. We've, uh, we've seen a little bit of growth here and that's awesome. Yeah. So no doubt we can, uh, that way we can keep fired up and continue to get some great guests. And, uh, I think you're going to really enjoy our guest tonight and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but here we go. Uh, Hey, also, if you want for this episode only, if you go to States Vegas, if you search States Vegas radio on your Google play or iTunes app aggregate, whatever that is. Uh, and and search that. Use promo code MOJO and you can get the app for free. You can listen to us at 6 p.m. on Friday and 4 p.m. on Friday, um, you know, and just listen to some good music there. Also, again, please, please, if you want to support the show, we're begging you, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash SFP radio and you yourself can be a Patreon in- subscriber and be part of the SFP family that you will get extra content, uh, exclusive benefits and some really cool merch. So we, we ask you to please join our Patreon uh, list of subscribers. Um, we want to say shouts out to our new listeners from Syracuse, New York, St. Louis, Missouri, 
and Sweden. Again, brought to you by the letter S. So uh, I know in St. Louis you have your uh, favorite pizza joint there. Oh, I love me some Emo's Pizza. Mm. Emo's Pizza. Cut it in the squares. Cut it in the squares. Use Provel cheese. Um, it's I love it. And uh, a, a friend of ours, Daniel Charlton, who will listen to the show, he doesn't like it, but I love it. It's incredible. You look stumped, <laughs> producer Brian. Well, I mean, it's new pizza, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious. I want to know more. Yeah, so obviously. it's thin crust. It's okay. going to be a thin crust, obviously circle. You're not doing the square. Um, but it's it's really crispy. And I know that that sounds odd, but sometimes you can get like a limp thin, thin crust. crust. I get the Domino's thin crust. Really yeah, like that. but it's a Provel cheese, which is completely different than the mozzarella like Provel cheese? Provel. Provel is a combination of pro, uh, provolone and mozzarella, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. I mean, get, so there's genetic engineering involved? <laughs> Probably. Well, you get, you get the actual more caramelization of the cheese, like it will brown. Um, you get a little bit of the extra bubbles in it. Mm-hmm. You get um, also a little bit extra saltiness because the prov- provolone is aged, so you get a little more saltiness to it too. So it's actually, there's, there's quite a few places that actually do that. They'll do a mix, um, but it's not the Provel. They'll actually, they'll actually grind like a, uh, a block of provolone and then a pr- block of mozzarella mm-hmm. and, you know, do the old mag- Mix magic mixing. Yeah. So are there listeners in St. Louis that can like mail some pizza to me? So I, really I, I would legitimately, mm, that's they, not a bad idea. they will ship it to you. <laughs> oh, You can get uh pizza shipped to you. The shipping though is twice as much as the actual pizza. And that's the problem. Yeah. See, I want to do that with Lou Malnata's mm. out of uh, Chicago. <laughs> Maybe we could do that and actually do like a side by side. Side-by-side side taste can't. test. You can't. We got to. It's going to be apples and oranges. You can't do deep dish versus crispy. You Thin crust. That's, you can't. It's impossible. I, I beg to differ. I, it's possible. It's probably, I mean, it's, a, it's pointless, but it's, it's possible. It's pointless. You're right. <laughs> I'm down I'm, try I'm, it. Yeah, I'm down for the challenge. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to ask you like I ask you every week, Mojo, how you be darn? You know, I'm all right. Um, so we've got some big, big news, hopefully, from both parties here in a couple mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah. And, uh, I'm I not think... going to steal your thunder, but you said I was out in I- Iraq last right, week. Right, That was not the case, oh, okay. to be clear. Well, I, I, you know, when you go missing <laughs> in action like that, right. you know, we, we just automatically assume that you got your CIA clearance back. And, uh, you know, you I, shipped you out somewhere. I would look at a dune, a sand dune, and be like, I quit. I'm going back home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to steal your thunder. No, Go no. back to you. No, yeah. We, so, uh, yeah, give us, a, give us a couple weeks and a couple episodes. I think we'll probably have some big news on mm-hmm. both sides of the table here. And uh, pretty exciting changes in this season of our life. And, yeah, just looking forward to it. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just everything's going good so far. I mean, nice. School just started back. Uh, <sighs> You got you, you to gotta fight the traffic to get there to drop the kids off because I got one kid who purposely misses the bus in the mornings um, because she doesn't want to ride with all the bus riders. And then the other kid, um, you got just, just I, I'm guilty of it. You got every parent who wants to drop the kid off at elementary school. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm right there in, in the mix and the throw of things and it, it's just bad traffic. And, sure. You know, of course you got op, two officer friendlies there who um, I, I guess they have no action there. So they, they love to just harass you in the parking lot. So, yeah, that's that's, that's awesome, too. But, um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Are they dog-sniffing lunchboxes? No, they're 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 trying to corral us parents coming in and out of the, uh, uh, out of the, uh, the zone there. And they just, you know, they, they I don't know, they got the mean mug thing going on. And they mm. got that typical glasses of cop wares. You know, it's mm. like this, they, they must have that one issue Oakley that um, 
all cops have to wear, you know, look like uh, Billy Badass again. Yeah, I mean, you remember Chips. They all had the same glasses. Yeah. I love that show, Chips. Yeah, I did too. I um, would eat Chips watching Chips, and that was heaven. I did too. I, I, I eat the uh, Chips with government cheese on them. Mm. I, told, I told you my fascination with that. Yeah. No, you like that. You uh, like that government cheese. Yeah, it's, it's probably the reason why I had some intestinal problems later <laughs> on in life because the you know basically it's just formed plastic with uh, some type of enhancement that makes it taste like huh. uh, some type of cheese. But yeah, but I've heard good things about the government cheese. Yeah, I, obviously I don't think they make it anymore, but it'd mm. be interesting to. It probably had a shelf life of forty years. So if there's a listener out there that happens to have a block of, yeah, a block of government <laughs> cheese out there. I'm willing to pay for it just to, okay. just for us to try it. That'd be fun. Uh, yesterday, we got to go experience uh, the new brewery that opened up here in downtown Concord, North Carolina, and called Southern Strain Brewing. And we we got to go for media. We got, quote, media passes. Yeah, um, that was awesome. And it was just for media, and I use that term loosely because we're not very media-like. But um, uh, Ford invited us out there, and— Man, what a phenomenal experience. The The beer was fantastic. The facilities were sp- – obviously, they're spotless because they just opened. And I think they'll continue to be spotless. But perfect room, uh, places to sit, places to hang out, places to play games. It's all over uh, the map. Good, comfortable seating. Uh, I like to refer, refer to it as FKF friendly. Uh, that's fat kid friendly. So there's good, comfortable seating for fat people because you, you, you need, we need a little extra. You know, it's not it's not the tiny seats where it hurts. Um, easy to get out of the chair. Yeah, easy to get okay. in, easy to get out. They have highs, lows, all kinds of different seating, all kinds of games and whatnot. So, and again, I go back to the beer. Every one of them was spot on. Yeah. It was so good. So good. Yeah, going back, man, once again, what a beautiful facility. Now, I know this has been a labor of love for those guys because they've been probably have been working on this project for a couple of years Mm -hmm. now. And, uh, I mean, opening a brewery is, number one, it's not a time-friendly type of business you want to open because there's so many permitting, permits, Mm -hmm. federal, state, you know, just county, city write-offs. And then you got to do the construction and it is not cheap to renovate a historical building yeah. that, that probably has some dilapidation going on, going sure. on, but also just the equipment costs. I mean, so these guys have spent a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and, you know, capital to get this place open. And uh, the fruits the fruits of their labor was definitely, sh- you know, shown on from everything, from the, mm-hmm. the painting to the walls to uh, the floor to the historical uh, accoutrements as far as, you know, furniture that they acquired. I mean, mm-hmm. it is just, it's definitely gorgeous. I mean, and the beer, like you said, the beer was phenomenal. Yeah. So. Some rappers might say from the windows to the, to the wall. wall. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. And you mentioned it was like a historical, um, I think it was a mill at one point. Maybe that's what I, it I'm is. I'm sure it was because we're, you know, heavy, heavy, heavy mill, in the mill heavy section. mills here. Yeah. But it was all, there was most of it was reclaimed wood that they mm-hmm. found in the area. They have some awesome pieces of furniture that were theirs that was reclaimed. Yeah. Really cool, just facility, historic, but yet still new. A nod to the science, but it wasn't shoving it in your face. Um, so it was a fantastic experience. I, th- I think they're going to do big things for, you know, for Concord. Yeah. Uh, Cabarrus County Brewing as far as on the map. But, you know, the the beautiful thing that um, these guys do that I would love to see more in um, so many other industries is this, 
whole collaboration thing mm. over competition, this mm-hmm. whole um, we're all in the same community. So if you come in and can increase traffic for your brewery, yeah. it'll probably increase traffic for our brewery. So they yeah. love the they love the competition. Competition's healthy. So yeah, no I really admire that about that industry. Yeah, very cool. Also, I'm gearing up for college football when this episode uh, airs. We will have gone through our first week of college football. You are, you say you're not a big college football person? I have no. Zero? I have no true team I follow. Um, You know, I I have the ones that I watch, you know, based on, you know, the college bowls or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I have nothing. Now, college basketball? Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. But college football? I care less. I can care less. Producer Brian, where are you at on on any of that? Not a college football guy. Really? Yeah. No. It was NFL all the way. Huh. I think it's because, like, in my early 20s, I always worked on Saturdays, so I never uh, got to watch any games. I just never, like, Sunday was my day off, so that's the, what I watched was the football on Sunday, and that's kind of. Who do you pull for on your pro team? Uh, I'm a San Francisco 49er fan. Really? Yes. Huh. How did that come about? Uh, you can blame Joe Montana. Okay. You know, it's pre Carolina Panthers. I grew up here, but sure. we didn't have an NFL team until right. like 95, I feel like. But did you play did you play Super Tech Mobile? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, I, I love that game. Madden. I no played doubt. Madden and Madden. The Blitz. Yeah. You know, it was fun. The but, NFL uh, Blitz. Yeah, just I got the Steve Young, Jerry Rice thing and the you know, the last Super 49ers Super Bowl mm. captivated my young mind and So it away. for you it was 49ers and it wasn't the the Cowboys. Yeah, basically, wow. yeah. I don't. I just, yeah, I hate the Cowboys. Yeah, I just if you're gonna follow, I would think like Aikman and uh, Emmett Smith and Dion. I don't Maybe. know. There's such a big draw. Never. Yeah, that never crossed my mind hmm. as a. Like, just, yeah, that's fine. It stuck. I don't know why. Yeah, it's amazing how you latch <laughs> on to teams. Yeah, listen, I'm a Jacksonville Jaguar fan. Like we've been good like two years, and that since the history. So right. whatever. You're probably the first admitted, admitted yes, Jackson. I get that. I've never Jaguar. heard that before in my entire life. I get that yeah. very frequently. It's just like, hey, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I mean, how often do you hear that? <laughs> right. You know, you'll have people that are diehard Brown fans. Sure. They haven't won. They haven't won a, a Super Bowl since yeah. you know uh, 1867, right after the Civil <laughs> War ended. But you know, um, yeah, they, they're still diehard fans. But you never hear Bengal fans. I never hear much from. Jacksonville Jaguar fans. Mm-hmm. I never hear much from. Oh, there's a handful of other teams out there. Yeah. So how you be doing? I'm brewing pretty well. I'm actually observed some uh, some interesting social behavior today. Oh, yeah. So I'll do tell. <laughs> so I'm I'm working. I'm a freelance guy. So I was working at a coffee shop because that's what you do when you don't have an office. Sure. And I, I sit down this afternoon. It's over here in Concord, over by the mall. And I sit down, open my laptop, and I kind of look up. And there's actually, because I took a sneak picture of this. I'm going to show you guys in a second. Oh, but, no. Uh, you know, the table, kind of like, you know, four-top table, two okay. guys sitting there. But they're both sitting on the same side of the table. Ooh. And it's like an iPad. and Okay. So I'm like, okay, that's an interesting setup. Right. Maybe they're both looking at the screen or something. It was probably an Amway that's presentation. That's what I was thinking, ah. an Amway presentation. <laughs> uh, I'll get to that. <laughs> uh yeah, so I'm sitting there for a while, like 20 minutes going, I, I can't concentrate. I'm like, there's two dudes. And one of them's like a young, right out of college guy wearing mm-hmm. a blazer with jeans and like a button-up shirt, but it's like three buttons down. Oh, you know, yeah. A little, yeah. little, little fuzz in there, you know? <laughs> like, okay, another guy's like an old guy in a polo shirt. 
you know, with a lamp, apparently, later I figured out. But who's doing the presentation? I'm not sure who's selling who what. <laughs> okay, okay right. first of all, because I was like, they're, well, they're talking about finance. I mean, I can, you know, I'm, I'm technically uh, eavesdropping. Okay. Uh, and they're talking about finance or something, but one of them has a Primerica shirt on. Okay. So, essentially, if you're not familiar with Primerica, it's insurance. Okay. But it's like I can be an insur- on my own insurance It's a multi-level company. marketing. It's multi-level yeah. marketing. Okay. It's the Amway of insurance. Is yeah. it all in- insurance multi-level marketing? <laughs> this is a little extra. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I actually got uh, solicited by them at one point when I was looking for work. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you okay. want to own your own business? And be like, your own well, boss. Yeah, I do, actually. Um, <laughs> As a matter of fact, oh, not that. That's not how that works, actually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's just, but eventually, another guy showed up and sat in the other seat. I was like, oh, oh, okay. But for like 30 minutes, I'm going... Really? You, I mean, da- is, that, is it a daddy fantasy for this guy or something? And even after the other guy sat down, it didn't feel any less weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, right. I don't know. That's just... Did the third guy on the sit on the same side? No, he was in a, a different seat. On the oh. opposite side. So he kind, okay, he was kind the complete, opposite. It made it look right. Okay, basically, but he didn't show up for a long time. He was on the phone or something outside. Well, he was he was smashing deals. He was he was yeah, he was, cash- he was the closer. <laughs> he was the closer. <laughs> he was cashing checks and snapping necks out there. So <laughs> in, the bin, in the business world. So. Oh, so what? What eventually well, I, happened? They they agreed to another date, but that's that's a picture right there. I may, I may end up putting this up somewhere. But look at that, just that posture, the oh, body language. Oh, there. the posture. Look at the body language there. You know, I mean. Oh yeah. They're enjoying their conversation. Right yeah, I mean. Oh, he's looking lovingly in his eyes. I yeah. see that. So I just. It actually, uh, looks like he's he's asking him: Is it pronounced croissant or croissant? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, my gosh. All right, so let's go into some whack news brought to you by 1812 Barbecue. If you need a catering gig that has some of the best barbecue in North Carolina, check out our friends at 1812 Barbecue. Um, all right, so I noticed this a couple of weeks ago. There are people that are leaving things everywhere for no random reason. Or littering, right? You would think so. Yeah, wow. um, uh, there, There's three stories that I kind of want to bring up. So, the first one is a weird doll grips Missouri City. In Festus, Missouri, these eerie small little dolls start popping up all over this small little town. Some people think that it's funny, and other people think that it's not funny because if you're driving down the road, you may see a said doll, mm-hmm. and the sheriff says, well, you might get locked onto it and then cause a traffic accident. Others, they're like hanging the dolls from like, signs from uh, different uh, buildings and whatnot. And some of them are realistic looking and people get out of their car and go check at these little dolls. Um, Who has got time to set up these dolls all over the town of Festus, Missouri? Like what is going on over there? In my uh, my best 1987 uh, memory bank, uh, mm-hmm. Robert Stack from Unsolved Mysteries is probably uh, <laughs> accusing the, uh, the the saint worshippers right now. They probably are. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I look at the pictures yeah. in this video. It's creepy. It I'm is. Sorry. They are creepy. They're like you see, like legs sticking out behind a dumpster. <laughs> this one doesn't have a head. Wow. Right. And this is where. And Festus, Missouri. Right near Emo's. I don't know. <laughs> Wasn't that one of the, like the uncle from... Uh, oh, uh, Uncle Festus. You're right. Festus or Fester. What was the... Fe- that's, that's what... I think it was Festus. Oh. I, don't think it's fe- I don't think it's Fester. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, in Missouri City, they are leaving dolls. In uh, Virginia, in Henrico County, Virginia, uh, a man is dressed up 
with a old tube set TV on his head. I'm assuming it's been all hollowed out, so he's not actually having carrying parts and whatnot. Not the on headless the TV. horseman. It's like right, yeah. But he's got this old tube set TV on his head, walking around and dropping off other tube set TVs on people's front porches, just randomly around the town. Wonder if it's a some type of guerrilla marketing thing or just a a weird hobby. But what would you do with old tube set TVs? Nobody uses no, those no. anymore, and they go from like you know small ones to big ones to whatever. I think the funny thing is going actually going on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist and seeing people trying to sell them for like twenty five bucks a pop. <laughs> sure, yeah. come on, guy. I mean, it, it, people just wake up, they open their front porch, and they see a TV just laying there. First off, I would check and see if there's a uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich in there just in case it's a weird <laughs> promotional item. So, But it's not illegal. The guy's just dropping off a TV. The police can't do anything. But how random and weird is that? Yeah, well, I wonder if you could put like a, a no trespassing sign or something that would actually remedy that. Maybe. I don't know. But it's late at night. Yeah. People don't know. He's getting caught on, like, the ring doorbell cameras. It's not illegal to leave unwanted appliances on someone's porch. <laughs> evidently, I mean, the, yeah, evidently we haven't thought of that dryer one. dryer or a washing machine. <laughs> I don't want this. I'm giving this guy. <laughs> I've got, I've got to beg, beg, beg to differ. There's got to be some law out there. And and also, uh, you know, our resident plumber, Kurt, mm -hmm. I, I would love to see someone try that on his front thing because he's, oh, yeah. he's got the whole hey, ring buddy. set up. You know, basically, if you blink, if I blink across the street, he can tell I'm blinking. So watch out. Yeah. That would not be a wise move on Don't the person's part. Don't blink too much. Um, people think that it's just funny. The guy's just leaving. But if you got the TV, what do you do with it? You just like end up throwing it in the trash? I call Radio Shack. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Can you even use those TVs? Like, if you're on a modern cable system, what do you plug it into? They have, I guess, a yeah, converter you or something. Definitely can put your Amazon Fire Stick you can't on it. Watch Netflix no, yeah. on there, right? Yeah. I mean, but one, where is he getting them? And then, what do you do when you do get them? It's just he probably inherited a TV repair store from his passed away <laughs> grandfather, and is trying to liquidate inventory. <laughs> That's the only way he can do it. The 1812 barbecue story started over 20 years ago when Eric and his dad started entering local barbecue competitions for fun. During that time, Eric, a United States Marine, has traveled all over the world picking up flavors and techniques that today is the unique flavor of the award-winning 1812 barbecue. He has honed his craft to bring you the fall-off-the-bone pulled pork, the mouth-watering ribs, and finely crafted beef brisket. Eric has developed his own amazing dry rub and delicious barbecue sauce. And let's not forget those sides. With the coleslaw, smoked Gouda mac and cheese, cowboy baked beans, and to top it all off, banana pudding and pecan pie for dessert. Getting hungry yet? Good. Call or email Eric at 1812 BBQ and he can make your next catered meal happen. Weddings, graduation parties, family reunions, and other events will be memorable with 1812 BBQ. Want to try your hand at smoking meats? Pick up your own 1812 dry rub and start the journey for yourself. Shipping all over the world, connect with Eric on his Facebook page, Instagram at 1812Barbecue, or call 704-604-5148. That's 704-604-5148. And email Eric at eric.line at 1812bbq.com, and he will be glad to help. 
All right. And then the third thing is there is a gentleman, I'll use that term loosely, in uh, lower Manhattan. He just decides he's going to go down the subway and just hang out and throw rice cookers down the subway in Manhattan. There's nothing in them. They're not doing anything, but he just puts a rice cooker in the subway and just walks away. For no reason. There's nothing in the rice cooker. It's not a bomb or anything else like that. Does he does he say like something like walk and roll? (laughs) 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 But why? Why are people just leaving stuff? See, I think it's conspiracy. I think these I think these people, the dolls, the uh, TV guy, Mm -hmm. and uh, obviously Mister Walk and Roll, probably have (laughs) uh, some kind of conspiracy on 4chan or Reddit to do this. There's, hmm. there's got to be something. It, so so you think that there's a conspiracy. Just find something random and yeah. just put yeah. it out there. You know, there, there's probably some find something random challenge out there that everyone's <laughs> trying to, you know, document. Well, I mean, let's be fair. Probably doing a rice cooker in a subway in New York isn't the smartest idea. Oh, no. Right? Like, no. oh, wait, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Yeah. So he got in trouble by I think the popos. they were like stolen and they thought they were getting instant pots. <laughs> and they're like, oh man, what am I gonna do with a rice cooker? And so he's like dumping them. <laughs> this is the third instant pot I got, and it's still a rice cooker. Oh darn you, Amazon returns. Um, I just I just think it's weird that people are yeah. leaving things out there. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> um, all right, so we've got to go to our fantastic uh Florida man, but actually this is a Massachusetts man. Uh he decides to spark uh, his family home's roof last week by getting rid of a hornet's nest. How did he do it? He used a Roman candle. Uh, so David Schmida of Stuberidge uh, tried using Raid to get the hornet's nest, but he said that was too far away and it didn't work. So he decides he's going to use a Roman candle to light that sucker up while he's shooting it at the top of his roof where the uh, nest is. It catches fire. Wow! It starts to burn his house down. I thought that was uh, we, pretty we have funny. Seen, we have seen this many times before. I'm, I, you know, it's like, where's the shock at? I mean, you, you know, like we've seen that this happen with the fryers, the gas grills. Anytime you do something around, you know, wood and right. dried leaves and combustible material, sure, this happens. I like his ingenuity of what do I have? In my garage, they yeah. can shoot that far up there and knock this thing out. But maybe think about what's going to happen when that Roman candle hits said yeah. hornet's nest. Well, I mean, those things are made of you know pretty much pulverized wood pulp. Mm. You know, so this combustible too. It's not really a marksman type situation. Like no, you're, no. they don't ever shoot the same direction <laughs> right. twice. Yeah. So even if you practice yeah. one time, it's not going to go the way you think it is. It would be cooler if he like went to and found that boomerang that he bought for no purpose. <laughs> oh and yeah, and used a boomerang. That would have been pretty awesome. Yeah. So have you seen? There's a, a YouTube video a while back. That guy used a drone to get a hornet's nest. Oh, the See, hornets that's smart. brought down the drone. No, like he did. They did something to like they. Killed that thing. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> mm. so. Wow. Was it? And, and it was hornet. It was hornet. It was. I want to say hornets or yeah. Mm. I can't tell. They're I, all like hornets to me. Yeah, I, I did see because of the foster kid being obsessed with snakes and insects. We did see where there's some 
wasps, hornets, or something that have the group mindset. I think it's the African bee. That oh yeah, the, hi, the hive mind. Yeah. The, they have the yeah. hive mind and they go after people. So maybe it was the African bee. That's also uh, pretty true that pretty much anybody who's a Democrat voter. <laughs> if, if I remember, this has something to do with the sound it was making too. It was like oh. attracting. Uh, they thought it was a threat. Yeah, just, probably like a frequency thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Ooh, snap! It's like yeah. the five G to us. How it was about an expensive you? hornet? Actually, uh, speaking of 5G, there's uh-huh. actually a John Cusack movie. Now, that's I know he was like the darling of the 80s movies. I like John Cusack. Um, he gets kind of a bad rap. He's kind of up there with, what, Nicolas Cage, whatever, Nick Cage, mm. and, uh, you know, the straight-to-DVD movies. But there mm. was a straight-to-DVD movie called, I think it was called The Tower or The Cell, mm. and John Cusack was in it. And it basically, it was uh, uh, how technology, cell phone technology, you know, kind of like a 5G just, like, went off the, you know, AI or went off the radar and then just people started doing this hive mind. So what, when was that made? Do you remember? Is um, that recent? Or probably within old? the last five years because it also had, um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. No, <laughs> no, up. no it, uh, oh man, I think I had Samuel Jackson in the thing. What? Well, he's in everything. That yeah. Count. No. So, so you've seen this obscure movie, but you haven't seen The Lion King. That's, yeah, uh, we still got to work on that. Well, I can't. But see, I'm, I'm, hold, I'm holding off on it, though. Yeah, we got you know, to do this together. Listen, wow. we'll, ha- we'll have plenty of time coming up where we can just sit around and watch movies. We'll, we'll do it then. Oh, hold on. This is going to burn me. I got I to gotta find this John Cusack character here. So hold on. So the movie's called The Cell. Okay. It was made in 2016, and it has Samuel L. Jackson in it. Oh, you were right. I can't believe it. Hmm. No Reese Witherspoon, though. I'm surprised she wasn't in it. I mean, anything. All right, so we're going to go to our uh, Hot Topics brought to you by Watchman Cigars. If you want a fantastic cigar at a reasonable price, check out our friends at Watchman Cigars. That's Watchman Cigars, or check out the sponsor section of our website. The views and opinions of Southern Fried Philosophy are not necessarily those of our guests, sponsors, or friends of the show, but they should be. Uh, so, so I thought this was interesting. Uh, c- several weeks ago, we had our friend uh, Coop from the Seven Seven Three Foundation, right. and he was he brought in the Tesla. I drove the Tesla right. around, and it had so much power for an electric car. I was I was blown away, and I was shocked. You can't you can't even say power. It, I mean, it was it, a whole it was a rocket. It was it it's it's an experience. Yeah. I mean, it no, is. I'll give you yeah, that. It is a. It's an experience like you hear about the torque power, the, the off-the-line power that a Tesla has, until you actually experience it. I mean, I drive a diesel truck, so I, I, there's no such thing as quick takeoff. Mm-hmm. You know? Sure. But, um, yeah. A lot like my, was, my love life. <laughs> there's no landing. There's a lot of takeoff, just crash and burn <laughs> landings. But, uh, yeah, so they just describe that torque and that, that immediate power that you get in a Tesla is crazy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I did run across this uh, article and I thought it was it was quite interesting. Tesla is touted as a zero emissions car by the government regulators. Mm-hmm. But actually in reality it results in more carbon dioxide than a diesel powered car to a recent study. Just just in the uh, recharge, right? No, it's it's talking about the where it where the car is made right so Ma- manufacturing processes more of the manufacturing is in China China uses sixty five percent coal U S uses twenty five percent coal uh, the batteries that also mm-hmm. is made also in China 
also using, again, the 65 percent coal. But even the recharging in the stations and whatnot of that makes it even more uh, of a CO2 emitter than a diesel-powered car. Can you believe that? And I think we're starting to see also that, for example, just the – I'm not sure if I calculated this in either, but just the the sheer manpower moving equipment – CO2 emitted by that just to reclaim the materials to make a battery mm-hmm. is yep. ridiculous. I mean, you're moving so much soil just to get down to get to these, I guess, lithium and things like that. It's just kind of like the cell phones. You know, cell phone has a certain metal in it. I can't remember the name of that metal mm-hmm. now, but, you know, they have to literally uproot jungles and forests and sides of mountains just to reclaim what cobalt. Batteries are really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Making them, you can't recycle them. They're just right. awful. So these electric cars, essentially, you know, they're echo. They're not. Echo. They're not. It's one of those things like uh, it's like Wizard of Oz. Everything looks pretty, but man, once you see behind the curtain, mm-hmm. you kind of see the whole story. Yeah, and we're we, we're not, we're not going to see that. You know, no. Yeah, and look, I, I admire the Tesla ingenuity and the Tesla technology, but as always, there's got to be something that's way better to do that. I mean, I don't know if it's strictly upfitting them with solar panels or something or, you know, yeah. uh, you know, powered by farts. I mean, well, whatever what, it is. What they're saying is really the key, if you're going to go uh, with as little emissions as possible, hydrogen is the way that it, oh, it yeah. needs to go. Yeah, and all you do is get like a little water vapor mm-hmm. from it. So uh, the Tesla Model 3 uh, is responsible for 156 to 181 grams of CO2 per kilometer compared to 141 grams of the diesel-powered Mercedes C22D. That includes the emissions from producing diesel fuel. Wow. How about you? There you Might go. Might as well just drive a diesel. So evidently, my di- evidently, my diesel's uh, a— yeah. You love you the environment, don't you? You're just I, I, hugging evidently Mother I do. Earth. Evidently, I'm a planet hugger. Yeah, <laughs> you I guess love Mother Earth. I'm about to go get my grassy bra and patchouli oil. <laughs> If you are in the market for a high-quality cigar for a very reasonable price, you must check out Watchman Cigars. Watchman Cigars is a family-owned business that puts the customer first with the best customer service in the business. Watchman Cigars offers the Habano for a full, spicy flavor, the Connecticut for a mild, easy-to-smoke option, and the Maduro for a strong, powerful experience. They even do specialty blends and partner with you to provide a custom exclusive line just for you. Watchman Cigars has all your cigar needs. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Watchman Cigars 1991 or email Leon directly at Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com. That's Watchman underscore cigars at yahoo.com or check out the sponsors section of our website. Speaking of burning down forests. Yeah, well, uh, if you've been out there hiding, I'll kind of keep you up to date. So there's been this forest fire in the Amazon and, um, it is smoky, smoky the bear when you need him. I'm just saying (laughs) now they, uh, this, this, this uh, fire has been going on for several months now and part of months. Yeah. But Hmm. part of it is, um, the increased, uh, competition in the beef market, pig market in Brazil. Mm. Okay. So the government has encouraged farming to feed its citizens. Therefore they're reclaiming some of this forest to create more pasture land for okay. for animals, set animals. Um, so these for these pictures of the forest fire have um, 
just made their rounds on the internet now. So we have the international community getting upset. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you read American papers that, you know, this is the end of the world, you know, sure. We got 12 uh, years left. Yeah. They, they, many of the movie stars and, you know, um, Leonardo DiCaprio is pretty upset about it. Yeah. Environmental, Mm -hmm. uh, these environmental scientists like Leonardo DiCaprio and, um, Lady Gaga, Leonardo yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lady Gaga, and all these other celebs out there that are just they're reposting these tweets talking about um, number one the po- photos they're re- reposting right now. One of them was in Montana. <laughs> one of them was a one of them was a fire in the desert because there's elephants. There's no elephants in Brazil, <laughs> so they're reposting these pictures. And some of them are as old as 2009. Oh wow! So, but they're they're constantly reposting. Also, mm-hmm. the big thing was that. The um the Amazon has been referred to as the lungs of the earth. Yep. Have you have you heard I've that heard term? I've heard that. Yeah, term. I heard that. I remember that term being uh, used around in middle school. Mm-hmm. But actually, uh, actually, it's not. The mm-hmm. there's a thing called respiratory action in the forest where yeah, the a- Amazon does emit a lot of oxygen, but also it actually sucks in a lot mm-hmm. of oxygen due to the the natural processes of these these plants and the photosynthesis actually burns yep. up a lot of oxygen. Yep. So this whole Myth of the lungs of the earth is actually a load of decrapio. And, um, <laughs> see what you did yeah, there, like how we that, but so yeah, and actually, <laughs> um, actually, yeah, it's just it's a bunch of crap. So, there's a um, a, a TV show that I saw, and it actually was narrated by Will Smith, and that was really the only reason why I decided to watch it. But it was actually really cool, and it talked about the earth, it talked about um, you know, different things that that's unique to, um, Nature and he said ninety five percent of the Amazon uh, oxygen or the oxygen that's produced by the Amazon is actually used back from all the animals that live in the in the Amazon forest in the trees. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's really. That's, I mean, like I've been watching some of those Planet Earth mm-hmm. yep. shows, and they all talk about. I mean, yes, there's some pollution issues or sure, but there's more than just a rainforest. Yeah, contributing to that, and sometimes. Like I watched a documentary on uh, I think Yosemite mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, and like burning of that is a natural thing. Yeah, it clears out the underbrush and makes room for a new growth. Yeah, so that's a healthy. Yeah, and a lot of in the you know the National Forest Service will do controlled burns mm-hmm. all the time to clear out that sort of thing. Yeah, and I've like backpacked through sections of burned forests, and it's like green underneath. So it's yeah. like, it can be a healthy, rejuvenating thing. Yeah. So, well, anyway, it's interesting. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back. We have our special guest, Jeffrey Amendola. He has no relation to Danny Amendola. I just figured that out. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Hey, everybody. I really do hope you love Southern Fried Philosophy. Did you know that you can actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true. We just discovered this free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Here's how it works. You listen to podcasts, and you earn PodCoin while you listen. Then you turn that pod coin into gift cards like places like Amazon or Starbucks. Or if you're a good person, you can even donate that pod coin to charity. The more you listen, the more you earn. So here's what you do. Download the app right now on iPhone or Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code SOUTHERNFRIED and you'll get 300 pod coin just for signing up. And if you listen enough to us on there, you can get a cappuccino at Starbucks or an Amazon gift card on us. So go ahead and go listen to this podcast or virtually any podcast on PodCoin and sign up with code Southern Fried. It'll change the way you listen to podcasts. 
All right, welcome back to the Southern Fry Philosophy Podcast. Uh, today's episode, we have on Jeffrey Amendola, who is the owner, founder of Amendola Family Cigars. You can find them at amendolacigars.com. That is A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A, Family Cigars. And uh, he is uh, caught my eye when we started kind of get diving into the cigar community. Mm-hmm. He uh, Just catching some of his Instagram posts and I hate to say this, but you look like a sexy man with a cigar and a drink, you know, and on his Instagram post. So, you know, sure. I started following the guy yeah. and reached out to him. And lo and behold, here we have him in studio in our first episode in our new studio. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thanks, guys. Happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you uh, I lured you in through my Instagram. Yeah. Evidently so. <laughs> I, I was... Actually went through Instagram. I just I was I was lost in your eyes. So oh, yeah, then I just kinda... <laughs> oh buddy, do we do we need to leave? It's Producer Brian and I can leave and leave you guys here. Well, actually, the, yeah, more sticks for me. Go, okay. go right ahead. Careful, this is a family show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, so let's man, let's just get started. Where where did the idea to come up with cigars and and all that come from? Yeah, so um, I it really started. I always had the idea of doing it. When I was about 16, 17, 18 years old, uh, where I grew up in New York, there was a cigar factory in the Bronx. I grew up right outside in Rye, Westchester area, but we always used to go to this one neighborhood in New York to get fresh meats, deli, marketplace, and they had a cigar factory in there. I thought it was the coolest thing, you know, Um, just the culture, the tobacco. I'm like, this is seeing it was just captivating to me. Then as I grew up, you know, I got a little older, moved around. Uh, we were living in Massachusetts at the time. Found another cigar roller up there. My brother-in-law took me to a cigar lounge, and there was a guy rolling cigars in there. I'm like, oh, it's like the guy in the Bronx, you know? And uh, in my mind, I thought this is what I want to do at some point. I thought it was going to be later on. But um, I ended up in North Carolina, last-minute decision, followed a girl down here. <laughs> it always starts yeah. with a girl, right? Yep, and um, I got here. I actually got hired with the Durham Police Department. I don't know if you guys knew that. I, hmm. When I when I got here, I was a, uh, I started the police academy in Durham. So did, did you have the, the the guy that can make all the noises with his mouth like off Winslow from Winslow Police Academy? Oh yeah, yeah, Police Academy. Remember that guy? Yeah, we had a few of those. Had a few of those. Yeah, so I was. On the weekends, I was looking for something to do, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I couldn't find the cigar culture where I was, like I had up north. Mm-hmm. There were no factories. There was maybe one lounge I found, but not really that culture that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. So I had this brilliant idea of going back to New York when I had some time. I talked to the guys in the Bronx, and I was like, hey, can I get, uh, can you make me 100 cigars? Like, okay. I, I think I could sell them. And I started doing these pop-up cigar events at cigar-friendly restaurants, bars. All the all the police guys, everyone in the academy, I'm like, hey, we're having a cigar party. Nice. And I started selling, and um, that became my little, like, alter ego was, like, the cigar <laughs> boss. Like, they all thought I was the cigar guy. And I was like, this could actually be a little side business, like a nice side hustle. Yeah. And um, I, made it in, I made it a legit business, I think, 2011, which was more of just, like, an event event type of business pop-ups mm-hmm. and people started calling me for private parties and setting up a cigar table. And, um, but that, at that point I, I felt like I was being generic because I was getting cigars from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They were okay. They weren't great in my opinion at the time. They were good, 
I was like, I think I should make my own. And then that's when I ventured out. I went to Tampa, Ybor City, on a whim, and I met a Cuban family there. And I said, listen, I have this, like, small pop-up event business, but I think I can make my own cigars. I think I know enough. I just need someone to teach me. And um, she invited me back. She said, pick two weeks, come back, I'll teach you everything. Oh, wow. I was her first student, and I, I did that. I did that twice hmm. in the year, and I brought that back to Durham and started a little mini factory there. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Yep. Something we always talk about, man, just in you know, a small business. Mm-hmm. You find a, something you're passioned about, yeah. you know, something you love doing. Yeah. You see you see a need in the market, and you fill that void. Yeah, that's what and Yeah, that's what it was, really. I'm like, I want to recreate what, you know, Miami has it. Oh, sorry. Tampa has it. Um, New York, California has a little bit of it. And I wanted to give, like, the community I was in that same experience. Yeah. Mm. Right? So I did it very part-time. Um, actually, I tell people this. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get in trouble now. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it got to the point where I started. So we had a factory going. I had a cigar roller from the Dominican Republic. He was going to New York to look for work, and I intercepted him. And I asked him to stay in Durham, and he stayed. He taught me really how to blend and, like, really how to make a good product. Um, so we, I was doing that very part-time, but it got to the point where the business was growing. I was driving around in my police car with cigars in the trunk <laughs> <laughs> because people on my squad, they'd call me, hey, I'm in Dola, bring cigars, blah, 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 night shift, 3 a.m., yeah. mm-hmm. have a little break, we're going to smoke. Then I started getting wholesale accounts and— like, how do I... Your, your your hobby becomes your job. Right. So I was like, I can't keep doing this. Like, yeah. this is bad, you know. I, I, I never let it, you know, take me away from my responsibilities, but I was double dipping. So... Yeah, no, I understand. <laughs> it got to the point where I, I had to make a decision. I was going through a lot at that time mentally. I was working a special victims unit as a detective. Mm. Did a you newborn. ever meet Olivia Benson? <laughs> Yes. Wow. We work together. Of course. You didn't see me? No, man. Come on. Come on. <laughs> you Don't pull my leg. That. I must have fell asleep. You did. Because that's what I do. I watch and I'll have a fall asleep halfway yeah, through. Yeah, I do too. They, and if you watch too many of those, you start to feel creepy. Anybody? Like if you watch like six of them. It's I creepy. Can't, I, can't I mean, yeah. watch that six stuff. You're like, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, okay. It started like messing with me. I had a newborn son. I was, mm. you know, it was just the right time to leave and pursue my yeah. passion, you know. When you said you had to intercept your your guy. Yeah. Is that a legal thing? You can intercept him? Yeah. Okay. On the 20-yard line. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great. That was funny. Actually, I called some of my buddies in New York, and I was asking them. I was like, hey, do you have any, do you know of any experienced rollers to help me? Like, I just learned how to do it, but I, I I'm not good like them, you know. Mm. Like, oh, we got this this one guy who worked for Arturo Fuente. He was a supervisor at Davidoff. And he was like the man. Like everybody oh, knows wow. him. He was and he um they're like, why don't you try to get him to stop in North Carolina first? If you buy his ticket, he'll come. Okay. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. Just set it up. Here's the ticket. Have him come. <laughs> so instead of going to New York, he came to me and I showed him what I had, showed him our tobacco. Showed him the place, and I said, I would love for you to work with me and help me grow. I put him up in an apartment. He mm-hmm. said, you know what? I, he's like, I love 
you as a brand. He's like, I love your passion. You're a good guy. So I'll, I'll dedicate two years to help you develop what we have now, basically. Oh, wow. I was like, great. So, yeah, put him up in an apartment. Um, we started just cranking out cigars underneath a coffee shop on 9th Street <laughs> in Durham. Nice. It was a thing. And then that developed into opening up a lounge because people were coming to look for us, and they couldn't mm. find us because we were, like, in a basement. And um, I've actually been to that coffee shop when I went to a Duke game. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's cool. So we were, like, downstairs in the back. That was the start of it. And then we grew out of that into where I opened up a shop. There's an old house. Just recently sold it, actually, to, it's now Primo Cigars. Um, but that's where we started. That's where we moved the factory to and opened up a lounge there. Awesome. Yeah. So it was cool. Wow. I, I, I love small business stories. Mm-hmm. And I love small business stories with things that interest me. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, just like how we were talking earlier about the craft beer movement mm-hmm. in Cabarrus County, how that's kind of blossomed and the newest, latest edition. It, it's crazy to watch this new small batch cigar movement that's happening right now. And it's, yeah. if you haven't heard about it, you know, just there's probably, if you go on Facebook or Instagram, there's somebody near you in a city near you that has a small batch craft cigar company. And they might be doing a side hustle like Jeffrey yeah. here, but... It's out there. It's becoming a thing. Yeah. It's like the beer. It's boutique, like, like a boutique it's cigar. Boutique. Yeah. yeah. It's like, awesome, though, man. Yeah, I, I love it. I think some of the boutiques, honestly, coming out now are better than some of the mainstream mm-hmm. no, yeah. brands because what happens is a lot of the mainstream brands that have been around, not all of them, but a, a chunk of them, have been bought under one umbrella. Now they're mass producing. Now they're just... They, they don't have to sell the name. The name's already selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they just mass produce. The quality drops. There's no personality in it anymore. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. With the boutique guys, like like brands like me and some of the other ones, we were pretty much, well, I'll tell, I don't know how they do it. I, I'm very hands-on still. So the factory I'm at now, I partnered up with the factory in Honduras about two years ago. We grew out of the Durham thing. It just got very expensive. Oh, wow. Um, it's hard getting tobacco, a lot of legalities with that. And uh, we couldn't produce enough to supply the stores, which was always the goal. Sure. But as as being a boutique brand, we're very in control of the tobacco, how it's being rolled. I'm, I do all my blending. I don't let anyone else do it. Um, like I'm, I'm going down there in October to talk to the rollers again and – uh, meet with the supervisors and just make sure, like, the tobacco's good. Uh, we double ferment all of our tobacco, which I think makes the tobacco cleaner. And you'll know when you smoke some of these, the it's a clean smoke, if that makes sense. Sometimes mm-hmm. you smoke a cigar and you get that nasty feeling or residue in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed by the fermentation process we do, it's a cleaner smoke. And that really makes a difference. So my old lady may kiss me afterwards, maybe. Right. There you go. That's the key. That's the key. Right. Can you explain what double fermenting means? Like to, yeah. to somebody that may not have a clue like yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the tobacco is, uh, you know, it's harvested. It's hung to dry. It's aged at the tobacco farm. Okay. They kind of have their own fermentation. They're, it's in a hot room. 
enzymes and things like that. Yeah, all the oils, yep, all that is coming out, sweating. Um, Then it's ready to go to the factories. So we buy from three or four different farmers. When our factory gets it, and this is what really impressed me, because I didn't, I was still learning that process, but they, um, there's old secrets. Like, I don't even know them. Sure. I know of them. Right. But they still won't even tell me, like, there's one room in the factory nobody can go into. It's like the Illuminati room. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On Tuesdays. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere, everywhere else, it's Buffet Friday. Yeah. yeah I got you. <laughs> you cannot. It, it is like ancient recipes. Probably, yeah. That's probably where they have the Popeye's chicken recipe. That's exactly what it is. And Hoffa. <laughs> and Hoffa. <laughs> <laughs> um, but w- what basically, the tobacco, is in, it's a hot room again. But there are systems in place where there is a recipe of liquid molasses, rums, whatever that recipe is, and the tobacco just absorbs it and ages Holy with it. Holy cow. So it, it pulls huh. out these unique flavors. Tobacco is very absorbent. Yeah. So when you do that extra fermentation, it kind it really kind of pulls and takes on all the different nuances that a tobacco leaf mm. can have. That's So we do it twice, basically. Wow. That's yeah. very cool. It's crazy how the, the, the things that we enjoy, like bourbon, mm-hmm. like we're enjoying a bourbon tonight, and right. just how, basically, when it starts out, it's basically just you know liquor water. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. and you throw it in a barrel, you put it in a hot room, and yeah, you let the natural sugars of the wood and the heat and the enzymes and the bacteria and the yeast just do its magic, and mm-hmm. bam, you have a product. That's yeah. the same concept. Yeah, it's crazy how tobacco is the same way. Yep. And granted, I know those are two taboos, and if we have any of the people that. Used to go to my church, home church, when growing up. I know I'm, I know it's a sin, but, <laughs> but I'm telling you, it's just yeah. it's amazing how the 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 mysteries of nature can pr- take a green leaf off of a plant, put it, you know, hang it, do this and do that, and bam, you got a magic product. It's just yeah. it's just cool. You know yeah. I mean, and but like you said, though, you know, you have these guys. Like I guarantee you, your batches of stuff. You, you probably have a guy that you in in the cigar community that you probably knowing your area that does some small batch and his stuff is totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the whole process is totally different. On a side note, I have a neighborhood kid who rolls some terrific blunts. If you need me to hook you up with a new roller. You didn't bring any? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's another wow. topic. Yeah. For another day. <laughs> that's right. But that's what makes, you know, there's so many, I, you know, some people look at cigars and, you know, there's some reviewers and bloggers out there that they get really into like profiles and tasting notes. Which you can do, but at the end of the day, it's all, it's leaf. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so many cigars. So what really makes them different is little things like that. The fermentation, the blending, how clean it is, how dirty it is, you know. I wonder what cigars I've smoked that have been double fermented. That, that That's not something that's been on the... the it doesn't uh, have it on the label, yeah, double fermented, yeah. yeah. I, I promote it. I think my boxes. Yeah, I actually put it in my boxes because I know I'm, I'm sure some of them do, but don't really maybe mm-hmm. talk about it. Yeah, but we put handcrafted by artisan rollers using the finest rare double fermented tobacco. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a obviously thing. that's something I'm going to look for mm-hmm. from now on. Yeah. So. It's yeah. like any other kind of craft thing. You can really be a nerd about it. Yeah. You, want to. you can I mean, be. I like bourbon. You know, yeah, you really can be. Pizza. 
we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, pizza, yeah. fried chicken, biscuits, all kinds of whatever. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you can. No, but it's just, it's just, like I said, you could have, you know, me, producer Brian, take a leaf. We have the same processes of it, but then just one little tweak, mm-hmm. and it's just totally different. It's like it's a chef. It's like yeah, being a yeah. chef. Yeah, no doubt. And it's just, I, I just find that fascinating in, you know, how people can have ideas of what, you know, like the, I could, we probably could all smoke the same cigar and we'll all have four different profiles. Yeah, so, right. Exactly. You know, it's just our, our, our taste. Yeah. Our palates and, and taste buds are so subjective to us and our individual and our experiences. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just, yeah. it's just, it, it, I find it interesting. I find it intriguing and, mm-hmm. you know, not only promoting the small business aspect, but, you know, for years I smoked the Paradigos number eight, I think is what I smoked, you know, for, for years and, uh, you know, then you start branching out into other things. You find out, man, there's a wild, wh- just a wide open world of unique yeah. experiences out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, when we initially met Leon and finding out the some intricacies with his stuff and then talking to Angel uh, mm-hmm. with the NC Cigar Club and just finding out things like that. It's just it's just a, such a cool little thing, not, not to mention the community mm-hmm. aspect of it because I know these guys support each other, but just – uh, just the the flavor profiles, but also just um, you know the small business aspect. There's just so so many cool factors, and that's yeah. the reason why I'm glad to have him on today too. So, what are some of the the major roadblocks that you had to hurdle over to make this process and make this business happen? Um, it's a great question. Go- well, government, <laughs> yeah, government, <laughs> taxes, licensing. Uh, then you have people that are close to you that think they know what they're talking about mm. and say, mm. what are you doing? What are you thinking? You're wasting your time and money. You got to have this. You got to have that. I literally started the business with like, I don't know, $500. Wow. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Holy cow. Like I, I had no capital, nothing. And you just hustled? Just hustled. Holy. I'm like, I have nothing. Like I was doing this out of my house. So like, you don't have, I'm like, I don't need it. Like, really, like, okay, I didn't really, I did it out of, I I call it a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Did it for four years without taking any money from the business. But every money I made, I just put it back in. Yeah. I Kept was rolling a, it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I sell 100 cigars, whatever you profit, buy more tobacco. Yeah. Sell 200 cigars, buy more tobacco, you know, business cards, whatever. Yeah. Um. That was the hardest part. I mean... There's a tobacco in North Carolina is a little hard. There's high taxes. That was always tough. The other hurdle is, um, you know, I wanted to be local, of course. I've been like, a, you know, Durham, local, Raleigh, North Carolina brand. But my my mindset has always been to expand, right? Mm-hmm. I've noticed in this industry, it's changing now. But in the beginning, nobody wanted to give me a chance. Mm-hmm. They're like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who you are. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's why I'm talking to you. <laughs> so you can talk to somebody else and put my cigars in your shop. So yeah. then people will know about it because I believe in my product. That's still, I still get, that's still a challenge. But let's see, this brand, we were, the, my first brand was Bull City Cigar Company. I rebranded to Amendola because I couldn't take Bull City Cigar, the name. Mm. It wasn't selling outside of Durham. So I changed it to my last name. As soon as I did that, then people started calling me mm. just from social media stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know. Did they have you confused with Danny Amendola? Oh, all the time. See, that? there you go. All the time. There you go. 
So I feed off that. Yeah. It's part I've, of my pitch. So welcome to the Justin Bieber podcast. So just put his number on the box and you'll be set. Yeah. Well, he buys our cigars. Oh, oh does really? he really? Well, his aunt. So she she called me one That's day. That's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah same yeah. thing. It's going to him. Yeah. She called me. She's like, I'm in Amendola. I'm like, oh, really? It's great. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm Danny Amendola's aunt, and I want to get him cigars for opening opening game last year. I'm like, great. So I gave her a box. I signed it and everything, and you know, wish him a good year. Haven't heard anything, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's like the time when I was living living in Kentucky, and at the governor at the time, the governor was Paul Patton, and I got pulled over by the police, and they said, uh, well, "What are you doing here?" In, in Kentucky, because I had a Florida driver's license, I said, I'm here to visit my Uncle Paul. Mm. <laughs> but he was actually the pastor of the church. Paul Patton, another Paul Patton, was the pastor of the church down the street. Didn't quite get out of it. But, it. you know, I, I tried to pretend like I was related to the governor. So it, that it happens a lot when I go do events. Everyone comes up to me. They see the name. Mm -hmm. Oh, you really? Then, you know, I yeah. tell them this whole thing. Yeah. But I was in uh, my my family lives in Boston right now, North Boston. So I was up there visiting them, and they're like, "This is when he was still in the Patriots." You know, New England people are yeah. like hardcore about yeah. everything. everything New England. <laughs> like this. So I was in. Uh, we ordered food. I went to go pick it up. Some pizzeria. I gave him my name, and as I was leaving, some guy in the back of the line was like, "Tell Danny we're praying for him." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, all right." <laughs> That's who this pizza's for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, Roblox really, I mean, we're initially just finding tobacco mm -hmm. because, again, nobody, this industry is very tight-knit and old school still. Mm. So if you don't know anybody or you're, they don't really, you have to be in mm. or find, you somehow find your way. And that was a challenge, uh, getting all the equipment and I actually got a lot of my rolling equipment from an old factory in New York, Martinez Cigars. Hmm. Yeah, he's great, man. They, they've been in business since, like, the 70s. And it is the shop. It's in Manhattan. It's literally the size of the room we're in, mm. maybe a little more narrow. Mm. Five rollers, a counter, two chairs, and it's <laughs> lying out the door all day. Oh, wow. Yeah. By, the, by the way, our room's probably, what, 30 by 12, maybe? Yeah. It's literally the size yeah, of this. that. Yeah. yeah. I'd say 20 by 10. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're in a storage it. container outside yeah. of Home Depot right <laughs> now. That's how I feel. The acoustics are awesome. He, um, he basically, he gave me the chavetas, like the knives we used to cut the tobacco. Mm -hmm. uh, cutting boards, you know, the machine cutters that we measure the cigars with, and uh, molds. Mm. Molds are hard, like when you roll them to get the right size and the consistency. Mm -hmm. He gave me all his old wooden molds. So, mm. that you know, that was challenging to find. You can't just go buy them, you know. Um, did, he get, then, did he give them to you and be like, hey, we're told Danny we're praying for him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I use that now for everything. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> but So the, the double fermenting is mm -hmm. one thing that sets you apart. Is yeah. there... Like, you have different kinds. I'm just looking at what, yeah. all the things you brought. You've got different flavors, different kinds. Yeah. So a, a couple things set us apart. Um, the other cool thing right now, aside from, like, the cigar itself, mm -hmm. we do everything in-house. So our boxes, the label, the plastic, that's the cellophane, 
everything is done under the same roof. So we have complete control of everything. That's unique. It's very, it's rare okay. to, to have that. A lot of companies will buy boxes from here, plastic from here, labels from here, ship it all over the place. We actually have a great partnership with Gabby Caffey, Tabacalera Caffey in Honduras. It's all under same roof. Um, that's cool. And then I, I pretty much do all the blending myself. And we have, we have three, our core line is three blends. Connecticut, which is very mild, has Honduran tobacco in it. Dominican and Nicaragua. Um, that's our mildest cigar, kind of creamy. We have a Habano 2000, which is the blue label. This is great. It's Cuban seed, um, Nicaraguan filler. By the way, you looked at that thing like I look at my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. It's delicious. I wish we could smoke in here. Um, and then our Habano Maduro, which is our regular Maduro, that's Cuban seed as well, grown in Ecuador, and it's all Dominican tobacco. Those, that's our core line. But what I did, and the guys in the fact, I think they hate me for it, but <laughs> I made three signature blends, and okay. it confuses. <laughs> Why can't you just have bu- bu- bu? just one? Yeah, but I wanted to make it like really special, so. One of them is actually called the Amendola Special. That's something I want to smoke all the time. Has a dark Oscuro Maduro wrapper, uh, aged Nicaraguan filler and binders. It's it looks like it's gonna be strong and heavy, but you light it and off the bat it's like this is light, hmm. this is smooth, this is rich. Wow. Crazy. Then the Padrino, which is the guys in the factory made um custom molds for me. So it has, have you heard of a chisel cigar, chisel tip? Mm-hmm. There's one or two companies that use that name. Does it look like the chisel? Yeah, so like the head where you would puff out of Yeah, yeah. is ch- tapered down. Tapered down, like real thin. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Yeah, so we have one, I call it the wedge, mm-hmm. because it's not a chisel, it's more like a, it's a wedge. Um, it's very unique size, has a dark Sumatra wrapper, it's very coffee-esque. Mm. It's really delicious. Um, and then what we call the cannoli now. <laughs> holy <laughs> this cannoli. Holy cannoli. This one, this is crazy. It's awesome. It's a small petite box press. Is that like a box press? Yeah, me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I, something I never thought I would like. But yeah, I was uh, always skeptical. Yeah, so, but I've kind of gotten into that, that box press with a wedge cut on it. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I dig that, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of, you know, the three signatures, we have our main line and hopefully something new coming soon. Oh, you're not yeah. going to, you're not going to drop. That. Actually, I have one. I, I would have brought you guys some, but it's ironically, it's one of our best sellers. It's called dessert. Oh, come on now. Now you're talking. I know. It's a big boy here. Oh, it's, we call them crack sticks. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's a thing. They, we put them in jars because. You can't, if you set them out, everything mm-hmm. smells like it. Mm-hmm. It tastes like, it's hazelnut, it's dipped in sugar. Oh, wow. Oh, come on. Yeah, it tastes like. It's like smoking diabetes. It, <laughs> seriously. Brought to you by Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> it diabetes. tastes like hazelnut coffee cake dipped in sugar. Now I'm hungry. 
I know. Daggum. I'm telling you right now, just that descriptor right there, there's mm-hmm. people out there that have probably been listening, powering through this podcast who do not like the smell of smoke, mm-hmm. do not want to pick up the bad habit of smoking right. cigars. Not, not that it's really a habit, but, and all of a sudden he rolls out this hazel, toasted hazelnut profile. Shutter, yeah. I get them every time. No, And, and they're like, man, I'm, I'm kind of interested yeah. in that. No, I'm yeah. in it. I'm in it. At the events. You know, sometimes there's some people out there walk by and like lift the mm-hmm. noses up at mm-hmm. us like, eh, smoke. Yeah. I say, no, no, come over here, smell this. I open the jar. Oh, that smells delicious. Let me get three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got them. <laughs> wow. It's just, like I said, it's amazing that you can add that kind of flavor profile yeah. onto a onto a right. something you're smoking. So for the record, now I'm gonna go home and all my cigars I'm gonna roll them in sugar. So appreciate that. Thanks a lot. Is uh <laughs> is this cigar keto? That's all yes. <laughs> it's gluten free. Gluten free. Uh, no peanut it, allergies, guys. It actually I think I found it's a secret, but shh. It's yeah. just us. It's, nobody's listening. Yeah, nobody's going to listen to this. It's just between Everyone's you and I. Listening. No, I, I found a sugar that you just got to. Okay. <laughs> All right. We can't because you're almost sold out. No, we are. Um. So we for are. for the novice, everybody is like, oh, the Cuban cigars. It's the Cuban. I need the Cuban. I want the yeah. Cuban. Break it down. Overrated. Overrated, isn't it? Overrated. I think um, my opinion is at one time they were producing some of the best cigars Mm. at the time. Mm -hmm. Spain was actually the first country to roll the cigars we know it today. Okay. They brought, well, a lot of the, the Spaniards went to Cuba, whatever, and brought it there, and that's where all the factories started popping up. I think at that time, the quality of their tobacco, the blending, the profile was awesome. Mm. After Castro took over, it's communist. They treat their people horribly. Mm-hmm. All the farmers fled because they were getting killed mm. or farms were burned. The good farmers went to DR, Nicaragua, Honduras, Brazil, Costa Rica. Whatever was left was all government run. Mm-hmm. They're not getting enough. Um, fertilizer for the fields. Mm-hmm. I heard at, at one point Castro was tearing down the tobacco fields and growing sugarcane instead, hmm. which was a big failure. And um, now they're they're trying to pump out all these cigars, European market, Asian market, Canadian market, high demand for Cuban cigars. But I talked to a distributor. I went to a trade show in Germany last year. I got to go and display product with Caffey, and one of the distrib- distribution companies. So we're meeting distributors from all over the world. And um, we talked to somebody from the Middle East, and they're like, yeah, we're getting ready to drop all of our Cuban brands because they some come in boxes of 10, and they say two out of 10 smoke good, mm. and the rest, pe- consumers are complaining. It's not consistent. Yeah, It's not the same. Like, you might get a good Cuban cigar every now and then. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, you probably will. Like, I'm not going to say they're all horrible. Right. They're good, but they're not consistent. When yeah. they're when they're good, they're good. When they're good, they're good. Yeah. They're not consistent. And are they the best cigars? Is, is this like when I think of smoking cigars, do I need to have a Cuban cigar? No, not yeah, at all. Not at all. Oh my god, no. Like no. I would put these up against any Cuban. I would put um a lot of the other brands I love from Nicaragua, Dominican Republic. I mean, the tobacco mm. is and I think 
as well. I don't know if this is 100% true, but I believe that Cuba is buying tobacco from Nicaragua and Dominican Republic because they can't produce enough. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can I take 30 seconds and d- just take off on a tangent for a second? Is that Go okay? for it. I'm All right. Do so, I need to time it? So just <laughs> yes. feeding, off the, feeding off this Castro thing, what, ha- what happened during when Castro took over was uh, – and the, this is a natural progression of communism. Yeah. When they took over, um, you had these great farms and great producers of cigars who were, who were experts in their field from the, just from the ground level, the guys who actually did the agricultural part – the guys who actually managed the factories and had all the rollers to the guys who did the blending, the guys who did the warehousing. Well, when Castro took over into, uh, you know, basically the government owns the labor of the people. Yes. He did favors. Hey, I, you know, here's uncle Pedro over here. He don't know how to, he doesn't know how to till dirt or plant a seed or mm-hmm. water, but we're trying to be equal here. He's now the, he's now the production manager of agriculture. And the same thing has happened in Venezuela, Russia, before, you know, the Soviet Union or whatever. I mean, this is a natural progression of, of communism, cronyism, mm-hmm. and cronyism. And it just, it what it does, it affects the brands that the, mm-hmm. the things are naturally great at. Yeah. And, and I heard that, like, one of the big things about Cuba was just they had really good soil to yeah. grow there. And that's really kind of the thing that set it apart. Yeah. Yeah. But I think Nicaragua has great soil. Mm-hmm. I think DR, I mean— also, Cuba has this in, this innate ability to avoid hurricanes, right? Like, yeah, have you ever seen that? Like, no, never yeah. paid attention. To that. Yeah, just just ne- just no. Just, I, we're in hurricane right. we're in yeah. hurricane season right now. Now, of course, it's going to you know, bam, it's going to you know, change up this year. But but Cuba still has the same crap holes of buildings that they had prior mm. to Castro taking over. They're still still standing. Mm. But you have you know our own you know affiliate of this country, Puerto Rico, which just right, seems right to now. get hit every yeah. time. Yeah. And, yeah. and we have modern buildings there. But You would think they would just move out. Well, you, uh, according to, I can't, <laughs> I, I think it's what. Pick I, up this island and I move. Think it was, I think it was Senator <laughs> Hank Johnson uh, who actually said that the islands float and could tip over. Maybe we could actually, you know, under his theory, we could actually put some motorboats or uh, some engines on the end of the Tug island and just push it out of the way. Yeah. 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 I don't know. So. <laughs> Yeah, it, I don't. Um, I, I think it really comes down to uh, blending, mm-hmm. like putting it all together, and um, the farming. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, resources. Yeah, I mean, sun, water, fertilizer, soil. Yeah, that's your three basic components to, and also having a great quality seed. I would, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, rest of it's just basically nature that's doing its work. I mean, yeah. I did hear, I did hear, and I haven't been to Cuba, so I don't know. But, and I, I probably would agree. If you go, if you go there, and you get a cigar from, like, uh, not a main factory, like not Cohiba, not whatever, you go to like some of the guys that live in the country that are rolling at their house or off the beaten path. The black, the black market economy. The there. black market. I feel like you might get a really good cigar. Probably so. Yeah. By doing that. Probably so. Because it's not. It's not um, supervised. It's not controlled. Well, these guys are also making money on the side to yeah. supplement the income that they don't get. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, there's a huge black market in Cuba right now. Yeah. For, yeah. So they're getting, you know, they're pulling leaves off their plants, whatever, doing their own thing. I feel like that that mm-hmm. is what I would want to smoke. Oh, yeah. If I got from Absolutely. If I went to Cuba. Yeah. yeah. You know? I, I, 
you, that's true with anything that you do. You go to a, go to a new town and pick a town on the map. You don't eat at McDonald's. You go yeah, find you, that hole in the wall. You like go, nasty yeah, place. you go to a tourist trap. You're like, I want to go where the locals go, mm-hmm. and then they send you to like some halfway slash local tourist bar, and you're like, No, I really yeah, want to nah. go to the local local bar. That's right. exactly what it right. is. Yeah. So same concept. Yeah, you got to go to that. You got to go to that tobacco farmer who probably yep. stole leaves off the Cohiba mm-hmm. plant, plantation mm-hmm. or whatever and brought them back to his house and. He did his own thing, you yep. know. He didn't, just hope he didn't put it down his pants. No, no, he's there. rubbing the he's rubbing the Popeyes uh, chicken spices all oh. over the leaves, and you know, bam! You're like, wow, he's covered in sandwich. sweat. Yeah, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to think about From it. Manja cheese. Don't tell me how it looks. He's we- he's wearing tobacco diapers out every day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <gross>. But <laughs> it's a great smoke. <laughs> Triple fermented. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. It needs to be fermented. Mm. And that's the end of this podcast. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Where can people find your your cigars? Where can they get them? Um, so we're in about seven states. Um, North Carolina and South Carolina the most. Raleigh, Durham, Winston, Greensboro, Charlotte. Um, South Carolina, we just started popping up. Fort Mill, Stogie okay. and Brew. Oh, where are we? We're in we're in Concord. Yeah. North Charlotte. North. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Charlotte, we just opened up accounts that we're at Charlotte Cigar Club. Okay. We're at That's at, an that's an uptown, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're at Aroma Cigars on Monroe Road. Um one oh five cigar company, I think they're in Matthews. Uh Gold Leaf Cigars in Mooresville. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. a, that's a that's great right, spot. Right by you. And then Stogie and Brew in Fort Mill. Um, and then Raleigh, we have a, um, I call it one of our premier stores in Raleigh. They have our whole line, Durham. My old shop, they they carry our whole line there. Uh, Chapel Hill, you know, that area. Mm-hmm. New York, we're opening up a bunch of accounts in New York. Nice. Uh, we're doing um, the Italian-American club dinner in October. Oh, nice. Yep. We've been... If my back. So what I did with my label, um, my grandparents were immigrants from Italy, so I I put the Italian flag on the back. Okay. To show. Yeah. To pay homage, you know, they came to America with nothing. They hustled. They started their own businesses. You wow. know, that always inspired me. Yeah. And uh, so we've been getting a lot of attention from the Italian American clubs, um, and a lot from the Smoking Shields. I don't know if you heard of that. It's a law enforcement law enforcement cigar group. Okay. Mm-hmm. Started in New York, and they have chapters all over. Um, but we're working a little bit with them on some of their stuff. So, yeah, New York. I have a few in PA. Ironically, Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> Omerta Cigar Company. Get a lot of love from them out there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, they love the brand. So I, I love them. They're great. Texas. Uh, Florida. We just started opening up some of Florida. Where in Texas? Houston. Okay. Uh, there's one in Dallas, two stores in Houston. Um, where else? That's it. Yeah, this year, this is this has been an interesting year. <laughs> but October will be really good for us up up north. Okay, we're, we're doing five. I'm doing a cigar tour in New York and Connecticut. Uh, hopefully, we'll open up five or five to seven new accounts there. Nice. And then we've been in contact with um some of the bigger online. Companies, distributors that, yeah, we'll see what happens. Very cool. So, 
Do you have to drink a Sambuca at the Italian American uh, dinner club? Absolutely. Okay. And eat cannolis. <laughs> Smoke a cannoli, eat a cannoli. That's I'm it. more excited about the food we're going to eat. Yeah, sure. no doubt. You know what I mean? No I mean sure. Yeah. You have a website wow. you I can't wait. from? Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank no, you for, for, we have some international listeners. Mm-hmm. Thank and, you yeah. for mentioning that. Um, so our regular website we have, it's been informational for the most part. It's where we book our rolling events. You could hire me to roll cigars at your function. Mm. Wow. Um, I, do, I think I might have the neighborhood 16-year-old kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's my competition. Um, it's tough. Yeah, but now we have an e-commerce site. So it's the e-commerce site is amendolacigar.com. A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A, cigar.com. You buy boxes. We're doing some sample packs. That's some sample packs up there right now. Um, Actually, whoever's listening, if you do go to our website and at checkout put in free ship, you will save 10%. Nice. All right. Nice. So get a sample pack. It has our main lines and my signature blend in there and um, everything else pretty much. All right. So... Tori, if you're listening and listening in Holland right now, mm-hmm. we're gonna make you the official, unofficial Amadola oh, ambassador. Holland, yeah. yeah. Free shipping yeah. to Holland, is that? A- <laughs> <laughs> yep. Four to seven fifty. We do now. We do now. Hey, put it, put in, put in free shipping if you're in Holland or in, yeah. in the uh, European <laughs> Union, and you actually get shipping at full cost. So there we yeah. go. <laughs> and a Tesla. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. We actually just talked to, um, I, w- I was live on Instagram yesterday, and I met a shop in Sweden yeah. last year when I was in Germany, and they want they want me to come out there and roll cigars. Nice. Nice. So we're trying to do some, I, I don't think I could go back this year. Kathy will go and represent. The other cool thing that I'm a part of that he started, um, have you heard of Kathy 1901? I've heard the name. Okay, so he has his own line. He's the owner of our factory. Okay. That's who I partnered with. He developed the Boutique Cigar Association, BCA, which is basically a platform for all brands like me that are, you know, starting out, trying to get a foot in the door, getting that recognition. We could all stick together and, um, you know, fight. We have have to fight FDA laws. We have Mm, all mm -hmm. these, some restrictions that we're not, not all of us are properly funded correctly to just dump money out there and. So it's a it's a great network of boutique brands. There's about twenty five or thirty, I think, right now, and we're working on putting together our own cigar festivals. That'll be all boutique brands, which which would be nice. Yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the natural progression. Anytime you get something like this going on, it's good for you guys to group together yeah. for lobbyists because got to look. I mean, the Fed, the feds. I mean, this has been. I, I remember. Uh, I remember, man, probably back in. I remember in, I was in college, probably. Or just got kicked out of college. I was probably mm-hmm. actually riding home. You after got getting kicked out kicked. too. Yeah, I, I went to I went to seminary and they uh, they kicked me out. So I was probably oh. riding home um, from college after being kicked out. And I was listening. I was listening to Rush Limbaugh and back, Which everyone even, should do. Yeah, yeah. Back back in probably this, this is probably ninety six, and they were talking about. I, I just this sticks in my head. It's always stuck in my head. So ninety six, the feds have quite often have tried to implement a cigar tax. You know, a federal cigar tax where, I mean, it makes smoking a $10 stick impossible. I mean, they some, some of them have been as high as $25 tax per stick. Hmm. Oh, so, yeah. No, there's some uh, New York. Yeah. 
Oh, forget it. <laughs> forget about it. Forget uh, about yeah, it. Yeah, in New York, I mean, what is it? At one point, it was almost seventy percent. Yeah, holy well, cow! So I, know, I know the last California. The la- the last time I was in New York in Manhattan, uh, I mean, I don't smoke cigarettes, but you know, oh, yeah. uh, Marlboro Reds were fourteen dollars for a pack. Cow. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. California's bad too. North Carolina is with state and federal. It's about twenty two. 22% or 21.8. So it was 22% so for yeah, North Carolina. It's like 21.8. I think it's OTP, the like other tobacco product tax is 12.8. Wow. And then whatever the regular, and then there's another one. So why are they going after the cigars? <laughs> you know what? I have no. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? It doesn't make any sense. You're trying to regulate a product that is an artisan craft, mm-hmm. right? Taxes. You're making it so hard for like these people that are creating this mm. product. I don't. I don't understand. And then the FDA too. Yeah, they're coming after the premium cigar industry, wanting it, wanting it to be regulated. I'm going to go testing. How do you test this? Oh, this is yeah. a leaf. Yeah. They're leaves. Making sure there's nothing in there that could. But you can't. Cigarettes, I can understand. Right. Because those have other material in them. That's not tobacco. Yeah. This is 100% tobacco. But can but you can you could, in essence, put something else in there, right? Not premium cigar. The machine-made ones. Yeah. No, gotcha. but, but like, no. I mean, really, if. This industry that they make, they're not going to put mm-hmm. anything in there. Yeah. Hmm. The machine-made cigar, the ones that are in gas stations, yes. Some of them aren't even tobacco. They add other <laughs> things in them. Right. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not saying black and miles, but. You're saying a black and mild? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Is it just a leaf? <laughs> it's a whole bunch of things. I thought it was just cardboard, flavored cardboard. Well, that's too. Yeah, okay. I mean, they're doing the vaping. Yeah. They're going after that. And that's that's fine, whatever. I just don't understand how you could go after this when it is literally if if you if they have you ever seen a cigar factory? Like how it's Mm-mm. no? No. We gotta go we gotta take we a should tour. Go. We yeah. gotta go to Honduras. Oh man. That'd be great. That we'll would do a live podcast. That would be insane. Uh patreon.com slash uh <laughs> SFP radio. Yeah, support Help us pay uh, yeah, for this app. You know you want to hear it. So uh, let's do it. No, I mean this is like literally there's just it's leaves. Yeah. It's just leaves. It's an artisan craft. You're putting together something. It's therapeutic. It's medicinal. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you know what I mean? Speaking of those things, like is there is there gonna be the trend of C B D and trying to get CBD infused cigars. Well, they have them. They do, but is that going to take off? Is that even? I gonna, don't know. Is that even like See, functionally? Weird. How does it even work? I don't know. I'm I mean, weird. Yeah. Like for me, that would be a whole separate thing for me. Mm-hmm. If I want to smoke CBD, I'm going to do it a different way. Sure. I don't want to put it in my cigar. Yeah. When I think of a cigar, I think of the pure tobacco form of tobacco. Mm-hmm. What it is. If I want to smoke CBD marijuana, whatever, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that right on its on its own. But you know you've got those husbands that, that are going to say, hey, honey, I'm going to go get my CBD on the back porch. 
and she would yell at him for smoking a cigar. But now it's right. healthy. It's a healthy now thing. It's a, yeah. so, this is my CBD It cigar. could be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried one yet. I saw the f- couple people that mm. have done it said it was great. Yeah. One said it tasted horrible, but yeah, I would I would think that it would be awful. It had like a weird taste. See, that's what I'm afraid of. Like I don't want to ruin the product. Ruin the if it's done correctly, maybe yeah. I would try it. I would hate to ruin it and then it'd be like, uh, why? If you wanted to smart start a batch, like just to try, like yeah. even if you're trying a different blend or whatever. What's the minimum that you have to produce and produce? send out? Um, or at least, you know, have your... So in the in the factory, I mean, we produce 5,000 at a time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Holy um, cow. So that small batch is 5,000? For me, it is. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So if you're not doing testing a new blend or something, is there, I mean, what is there... Some... Well, yeah. So if I want to test something, I just do it at my house. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Just because do one or two. I know or... how to do it. Okay. When we're ready to do full-on production, um, we're doing 5,000. Oh, wow. Um, some factories are doing 10,000, 20,000. You know, but I'm still small. So what's the, what's the go time from the time that leaf is ready to go till it's wrapped up and your boxes right. pushed out? So, all right, so the tobacco itself is aged for about three to five years. Holy cow. I didn't realize that. Two to five, three to five, mm-hmm. traditionally. Wrappers can be a little bit longer. Um, so there's that. When we do the actual rolling in the factory, like the production, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to be rolled, and then we're going to age them for six weeks in the aging room. Then they're going to get banded, uh, banded, packaged, boxed, and sent to us. So... Really, I mean, the aging. Yeah. That's a couple years. Yeah. And then the rolling, and then six weeks, mm. you know. Yeah, it's not it's not going to happen overnight. No. You got you to wait. And again, like bourbon, where you've got to wait. And, yeah, you got to wait. And just It's an aging happens. process. Like, the six weeks really lets the tobacco dry and mm. lets it kind of rest, evolve, all the flavors come out. And they're smokable. I mean, you can smoke them. I love smoking a fresh hand rolled cigar. Mm. A lot of people don't. They say, "Oh, you gotta let it sit." Like you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> you want to, right? <laughs> you can smoke it. It'll be fine. Yeah. It'll just taste different. What's the taste difference? Like, how, what's the? I think, um, uh, like when I roll at events, mm-hmm. I mean, the tobacco's aged already. Mm-hmm. We're not rolling them like. I kind of make it so you can smoke it right away. It's not going to be a problem. The only issue would be they might be a little damp, so mm-hmm. you have to relight. Got it. But I get this just like a like a fresh, uh, very, It's for me, it's a little more aromatic sometimes. Like you just get, not more aromatic, a different aromatic. Yeah, and it's just like this, wow, this is like, I just touched this leaf. I just put it on a cigar and I'm mm-hmm. smoking it. Hmm. More of that experience of like, yeah, we just made this. It's awesome. That's cool. This is cool. Yeah. And then you, when you do age it, you can see how it evolves a little bit. And if you like that better, you don't, whatever. Everyone's different, you know? Yeah. But I, when in the factory, I think it's very important four to six weeks because the tobacco's still wet. You know, we're doing a lot. And then once that's important. But the events I do, you smoke them right away. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's great. Cool, man.
Well, Jeff, I really appreciate you coming on the yeah, show. Thank you so much. Um, wow. I learned so much, and hopefully our listeners did too. But uh, they yes. can check it out at AmendolaCigars.com. AmendolaCigar.com. That's our e-commerce site. It does have all our info on there as well. Okay. Um, sample packs, boxes, four, four, you know, four packs. Very Check cool. it out. Yeah. And um, social media too. Yeah. Please, if you're on Instagram, Facebook, follow us. Uh, I love to interact with people, so <laughs> <laughs> and talk about cigars. So hit us up, uh, Amendola Family Cigars on Instagram and Facebook. All right, and we'll have all of those uh, links out there on our show notes. Yeah, cool. So when uh, when you pull it up while you're listening to this episode. Scroll down and check out our show notes, and you can click on those links while you listen. Awesome. Thanks, right. guys. Thank you, sir. Hey, guys, Brandon had to step step out for a little bit, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Again, make sure you follow and subscribe to our episodes, again, on iTunes, um, anywhere, Google Play, anywhere you listen to podcasts, do that. Also, check out our friends at PodCoin if you want to listen and get paid while you listen to podcasts, do that there. Thanks again for Jeffrey to uh, to come on the show and help us learn about cigars. That was fantastic. Guys, again, thank you so much for tuning in to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. As always, keep looking up.